Hello, buddies, fellow Franco fans, fans of Uncle Jess. Welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions, Sacramento-based filmmaking company. Me, 12 films so far. Uh, actually, more than that, but I count 12 for Desperate Visions. And in 2021, I plan on making between one to three more films. So, saying it now, so that way I will do it. Yep, so you hear it here first on the Franco Observer Podcast. Uh, this episode this week is episode 16, and we're doing film 76, which is Around the World in 80 Beds, also known as Mondo Erotico. Another Mondo film that Jess Franco did, his second, after uh, Virgin Report was his first, uh, which he made right before, either before or after uh, Virgin Among the Living Dead, uh, also known as many other titles, Christine, Princess of Eroticism, and uh, Night of the Shooting Stars, which was my favorite title for the shooting script on that. But uh, yeah, this one is uh, Around the World in 80 Beds, uh, film 76. This is uh, the ninth of 16 um, films in the Dietrich Jess Franco collaboration that we're doing on the podcast. Uh, last week we did Girls in the Night Traffic, which was film 74. Uh, film 75, White Skin, Black Thighs, we covered back in episode 3. And that was film 75. And this week is film 76 that Jess Franco uh, counts in his directing uh, filmography. Uh, the DVD case is act or the Blu-ray we watched is the uh, Ascot Elite version, and that's titled Mondo Erotico, primarily, and then AKA Around the World 80 Beds. But um, original theatrical title in country of origin is Around the World 80 Beds in 80 Betten und die Welt. Alternative titles, Mondo Erotico, and 80 Betten und Die Welt, uh, Blu-ray cover title. Uh, Elite Films was the production company. Uh, theatrical distributor was uh, Avis Film Verlec. Uh, timeline on this, shooting on sets in Zurich is uh, March 22nd to the 27th of that, uh, 1976. Uh, they did some shooting in Amsterdam, The some exterior shots, uh, exterior footage of the clubs and that, and that was uh, done in June of 76. And then uh, looks like uh, June 2nd of 77 must be when it played. I don't know. It's just a sh timeline. So I'm, I don't think they did another shooting a year later, so it's probably the release of it. Um, theatrical running time in Germany is uh, 78 minutes. 39 seconds. The Blu-ray running time of the Ascot Elite is uh, 86 minutes, 58 seconds. Director Jess Franco, writer Erwin C. Dietrich. Producer Erwin C. Dietrich, director of photography Peter Baumgartner, editor Peter Baumgartner. Music Walter Baumgartner, an elite film production released by Ascot Verlec. World Sales Elite Film AG out of Zurich. Cast on this, uh, the host, the Midnight Porno TV show host, is played by Dietrich regular Esther Mosier, who has worked on a few films with Franco at this time. Um, also stars Vera Cholette, who plays uh, Sunella Parker, a millionaire and sex tourist. 
Uh, Roman Hubert plays a bespeckled New Yorker watching Black Mass, its opening scene. Also plays uh, Mr. Schlapp, Man in Copenhagen, also a Man in Copenhagen sex show. Uh, also plays Romer, uh, that character. Uh, Amsterdam, masturbation student, three roles. So yeah, everybody in this film plays multiple roles. Jess Franco, you see the back. His, his back is the man in the black leather jacket watching the Black Mass. Uh, Siag Shar- Siag Sharaf, also known as Sigar Sharif, plays Sally, the black hooker dancer at Turkish nightclub, two roles. Eric Falk plays Hamburg Man, whipped and ridden like a man in leather check. I'm sorry, start over. Uh, Eric Falk plays Hamburg Man, whipped and ridden like a horse. And then Man Who Deflowers Virgin at Angora Wedding Ceremony and Man in Leather Jacket at Turkish Club Three Rolls. Uh, Esther Studer, who is my favorite person in the film, plays the uh, sacrificial virgin, I'm sorry, the sacrificial victim in New York Black Mass, plays the virgin wife in the marriage ritual, uh, she also plays the sister that they don't mention here either the 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 uh the uh family the the sister and the father anyway so yeah they mention that so um sacrifice okay uh virgin wife in the marriage ritual miss Alice, female masturbation student in Amsterdam three roles actually she plays four roles or possibly even five uh Mike Lederer plays black mass priest Copenhagen sex show host garland man. Preparing Bridegroom in Angora Sex Ritual, the Gay Amsterdam Masturbation Student, four roles. Pilar Cole is in it, a Turkish dancer, and she's from um, Girls in Night Traffic, and I think they carried over the scene that she's in. They filmed in the same room as that, and she's wearing the same outfit, so it looks like they filmed that on the same day as uh, they were shooting the scene in uh, Girls in Night Traffic, because like I said, she's wearing the same white headdress and the same outfit. And it's in the same room. It's an end scene. So that's a scene that she, she's only in it once, but it just carries over from that shoot. So they actually got another film out of her for that. Um, Lorley Boucher plays Trouser Groping Observer at Black Mask. Uh, Misha Schlapp uh, also plays Older Woman in Copenhagen Sex Show. Uh, the Hamburg Dominatrix. The Angoan Bride's Handmaiden. Four roles. Carl Geisling plays the fat goateed man in the yellow shirt watching the Schlapp's performance. Uh, also, Paul Neusbauer, naked man watching Black Mass with Sunella, man in sleeveless t-shirt watching Copenhagen Sex Show, Mr. Fast Binding, Amsterdam masturbation student who fucks blow-up doll, man in suit, and the tie-watching sitar player in Turkish club. Four roles. So, yeah, so, um, the, uh, Let's see where we at. The Schlapps. Yeah, so so Esther Studer played the Schlapp daughter that she's not credited in here. So, she, yeah, she, she does play four roles in this. Um, so, yeah, this is like the, we talk about in the review coming up. Uh, it's basically like a talk show that um, is hosted by Esther Mosier's character. They don't really give her a name. She's just the host. And it's like a sex channel where you're watching the show and it, she's a reporter and it's like that mondo thing and this was made in 76 so kind of like groove tube or of um um 
not really a Kentucky Fried movie because that's more comedy, but they did the Mondo element, like almost like it's like a, like I said, it's like a sex channel, like Midnight Blue or uh, Groove Tube or anything like that, where you're watching a channel that's just strictly sexual content, and then uh, every day is a different show that's from that channel. Um, but yeah, and it's just done with the Mondo where it's a succession of scenes where they're supposed to be going to different parts of the world. They go to, uh, um, Amsterdam and New York and San Francisco and, and all over the place, but it's the same actors playing different roles. So obviously they're not going to those locations. It's just, uh, you know, scenes being played out linked by, um, a theme and, uh, you know, exterior shots. Uh, in the review part for this on Flowers of Perversion, Volume 2 by Mr. Stephen Thrower, uh, in the beginning he writes, and he had some good points, that uh, given enough time, it seems that Jess Franco would have happily remade every one of his films. His work for Erwin Dietrich is a kaleidoscope of themes already laid out on earlier projects, where the added lubricity of explicit sex and lashings of sleazy violence... Already during the Dietrich years, barbed wire dolls had returned to the plot of 99 women. Marquise von Saad revisited the themes of female vampire, and white-skinned black thighs had riffed on Sinner, the seventh secret diary of a nymphomaniac. Later in the Frantric Later in the Franco-Dietrich cycle, Jack the Ripper would prove to be a thinly disguised remake of the awful Dr. Orloff. Blue Rita would revisit The Girl from Rio, and Voodoo Passion would recycle Nightmares Come at Night. In 80, in Around the World in 80 Beds, dust off Franco's absurdist Mondo movie, Virgin Report, taking us around the world from the USA to Europe to Turkey to observe sexual picadillos with a flippant tongue-in-cheek attitude. And just like Virgin Report, it sees the cast playing multiple roles. Those who are present at a supposed New York Black Mass also turn up in a Copenhagen sex show. Roman Hubert, for example, is featured prominently during the, blast ma- the Black Mass sequence, then plays the man making out with the, his wife and daughter on stage in Copenhagen. Eric Falk plays a Hamburg masochist being ridden like a horse by two dominatrixes, then returns as the godfather of a South Sea Island girl who takes the young woman's virginity during a bizarre pre-marriage ritual. The exception is Vera Cholet, whose reoccurring character is described as a sort of a sex tourist, thus explaining her appearance in various locations around the world. It's not just the actors who are recycled everywhere. The same old props... I'm sorry. It's not just the actors who are recycled. Everywhere, the same old props are reused. A fluffy white rug, which is my favorite, the sheepskin rug which has already appeared in just about every scene in White Skin, Black Thighs, and Girls in the Night Traffic, turns up around the world in around the world in 80 beds. Rumor has it, by the time these movies were finished, it was so drenched in bodily fluids that it crawled away and hired its own agent. Uh, let's see. Music. Familiar Walter Baumgartner cues. Locations. There's no evidence to suggest that Franco traveled the world shooting material for this film nor any likelihood that Erwin Dietrich wasted money sending a second unit to do the job that stock footage would do just as well. All we can say is that someone shot footage in New York, San Francisco, Copenhagen, Hamburg, and Istanbul. 
Note, however, note, however, that while the film is comprised almost entirely of studio and stock footage, there is one exception before the Angoa Island sequence. That's a quick montage of five exterior shots of palm trees, which is on the list, a sunny beach with a sailboat, which is on our checklist, um, and dense foliage, which is the jungle footage that he likes to shoot with palm trees. These shots bear the hallmark of Franco's camera style, and the greenery in the final shot looks very much like the Portuguese location material to me. I suspect that this shot was culled from the material Franco filmed several months later, and Around the World 80 Beds wasn't released in Germany until June 77, leaving plenty of time for the addition of a shot from one of his Portuguese lens films, either Elsa the Wicked Warden, perhaps, or Love Letters of a Portuguese Nun. Yeah, and on a side note, before I go any further, um, talking about him remaking his films, I was going through uh, undoing research from this uh, for this episode, and I had uh, kind of went through my collection and looked at things and made a list of several ones that I knew of that were remakes of his earlier films, because he does that a lot, you know, do close to 200 films, 170-something films, you're bound to do that. So like, for instance, uh, Death Whistles the Blues in 1962, he remade that letter later as Kiss Me Killer in 73. Um, Eugenie, the story of her perversion, of course, uh, he did that a few times, but then he did it as a cocktail special in 78, and then, of course, Nightmares Come at Night. Um, he had mentioned that earlier as, um, let's see, what's he has in Nightmare Comes at Night? He has uh, Voodoo Passion as Nightmare Comes at Night, but also, too, Nightmare Comes at Night. He remade later as uh, Sinister Eyes of Dr. Orloff in 72, actually before this. Um, the Vampiros Lesbos, um, he remade later as Macumba Sexual in 81. Um, How to Seduce a Virgin from 1973 was made later as Erotic Symphony. Uh, perverse, The Perverse Countess from 73, he remade later famously as Tender Flesh in 1997. Uh, Lin the Hot Nights of Linda from 73, he remade as Sexy Sisters in 77. Uh, Celestine the Maid from 74, he remade as uh, Scarlet in, 80 in 84, but that was unreleased. Um, of course, Lorna the Exorcist from 74 was remade also as Incubus from 2002. And uh, they do it all. 78, he remade later in 82 as uh, Hotel of Rendezvous. Uh, so on this, some of the locations, uh, the connections and stuff with this, um, which I had mentioned from the um, Girls in the Night Traffic, much of the material purporting to be filmed at a Turkish nightclub featuring guests watching a sitar player and a black dancer is lifted from Girls in the Night Traffic. In this segment, only the extensive dance scene with Esther Studer and an unknown male was created specifically for Around the World in 80 Beds. Um, that's interesting. It's actually supposed to be uh, Esther Pilar. He's saying not Esther Studer. Because Esther Studer is not in that scene. It's actually Pillar Cole, but um, let's see. Um, okay, anyway, let's go back. Um, 
is lifted for Kate. In this segment, only extensive dancing with Esther Studer and an unknown male is created specifically for the world bits. A shot from the Black Mass sequence showing Mike Lederer caressing the nude and spread eagle Esther Studer with a sword turns up at the end of Jack Guy's Tanzarina Fier Danger from 1977, a Dietrich-produced film that not only purloins this material from Franco, but also uses just about the same cast and musical cues to which Franco was restricted during this period. A shot in which Esther Mosier enjoys a kiss backstage with a sex show performer, which is uh, Esther Studer, um, gives us a glimpse of the working environment at Dietrich Studios. The scene which takes place behind the studio scenery for interiors with lights and discarded production equipment piled up. We can also see in the background a dismantled bamboo cage prop that was featured in Girls in Night Traffic. Um, so, yeah. This is a, a shorter episode because, like, when we were reviewing it, uh, he did all this on the interiors, and this is uh, the last of the three that he did real fast for um, Dietrich, and the next one is Jack the Ripper, which is more of a film, uh, more of a movie film, and it's much more enjoyable. Uh, you can get us at francoobserver at yahoo.com. That's our email Please uh, write us if you want. I'm always answering emails and letting people, uh, replying to people and letting people know uh, answers to their questions and suggestions and all that good stuff. Uh, we have a Facebook page, a Instagram page. Uh, you please download the episode. It increases the numbers, the audience. Uh, listening to it is great, but if you download it, it definitely increases the numbers because for some reason when they listen, it doesn't show it as a count, but if you download it, it does show it as a count. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, and also, too, if you rate and share on your listening platform, like iTunes and all that stuff, that really, 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 really helps us out. So, if you can rate us, uh, hopefully positive, and give us a review or something, hey, I dig the show, whatever it is, we would definitely love that and love you. Uh, yeah, add us on Facebook and all that stuff, and give us a shout-out. I'll talk to you back, and you can see all the cool stuff I buy all the time. All the Franco shirts, all the Franco DVDs, um, any questions you have where to find stuff, I'm always down to let you know where I find everything. Uh, our mission statement, of course, is to praise the memory of Jess Franco, bringing the name and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears, and we do that here every week. We are the only weekly Franco show. Hope you enjoy Mondo Erotico, Around the World in 80 Beds. Um, check us out in the review, and... I will talk to you later. Adios. Hello, buddies, and welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento-based filmmaking production company. Uh, and uh, this is episode 16, where we review Around the World in 80 Beds, uh, also known as Mondo Erotica. And uh, for this one, I'm joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Guten Tag. Guten Tag, too. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I noticed Eric uh, had his phone to uh, learn that word. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I appreciate the effort. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is episode 16. We're doing uh, Around the World 80 Beds. Um this is in uh, we're sh we're this will air in 2021, but we actually watching this on Christmas Eve here in the United States, and uh, I'm stating that because it's kind of funny the movie we watched on Christmas Eve with the black masses and the uh, 
sex penetration shots and all the <laughs> interesting stuff. So, so yeah, um, this is, uh, I'll give the quick titles only and then the uh, synopsis and then we'll ask Eric what he thinks about it and then we'll talk about it. Uh, this is uh, In 80 Betten und Die Welt. It's a Switzerland production, 1976. Uh, original theatrical title and country origin is In 80 Betten und Die Welt, Around the World in 80 Beds. Alternative titles, Mondo Erotica, which is the Blu-ray cover title. Cover title. Uh, production company, Elite Films. And this is uh, shot in Zurich on sets, March 22nd to the 27th of 1976. Shot in Amsterdam, June 76. In Germany, June 77. And 87 minutes running time. So, synopsis. This is a little bit um, wordy, but not too bad. Okay, this is again taking from Flowers of Perversion, Volume 2 by Mr. Stephen Thrower. Uh, welcome, <clears throat> synopsis. Welcome to Midnight Porto a cable TV sex station that takes over the airwaves at night. We are greeted by the link, by their link woman and taken for a tour around the sex spots of the world. In New York, we see a black mass conducted in the basement of a strip joint in Greenwich Village. A virgin is sacrificed to Lucifer by a face-painted high priest, while a group of people watch. The voiceover informs us that the actress who was sacrificed is putting herself through college by staging such theatrical scenes. In San Francisco, we see Sally, a black prostitute, drain her client Edwin of his sperm and donate it to an unofficial sperm bank run by Sunilla Parker, who bathes in the ejaculate and claims in it has rejuvenating powers. Midnight Porno's link woman then makes love with Sunilla and agrees to collect sperm for her. Afterwards, we see her making out with a drunken client and collecting three loads from him. <laughs> in Copenhagen, we witness a live sex show involving the, sh the Schlapp family, mother, daughter, and father. The TV show hostess makes for the backstage area and has sex with the daughter. Next, we visit Hamburg's famous Reperbaum and encounter a dominatrix called the Bride of Satan, who explains her role-playing services as a form of therapy. The hostess of Midnight Porno joins her, and the two women perform their special arts on two males. We see her with a male client who likes to be stood on and whipped, and another man who is ridden like a horse until he collapses exhausted. Played by Eric Falk. Uh, leaving behind the world of intellectuals and decadent sophisticates, we head for Agoa, a gorgeous primitive island, to observe an erotic traditional ritual designed to prepare a bride for marriage. Tradition demands that she first be deflowered by her godfather before the groom can have his turn. In Amsterdam, we pay a visit to an adult sex education class run by the Midnight Porno Hostess, in which she explains such puzzling matters as the correct way to masturbate and the right way to handle a blow-up doll. In Istanbul, we visit a club where a sitar player accompanies a black dancer. In a back room, a form of nude yoga crossed with interpretive dancing segues into a sexual coupling. Finally, the hostess wishes us good night, but not before inviting viewers to call her at the station and suggest some more adventurous escapades for next week's episode. So, Eric, what do you think about the movie? Um, I, I probably wouldn't recommend it for my dad or my mom. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, it was, 
Yeah, it's a porn. <laughs> yeah, it basically was a porn. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I I enjoyed it more than Girls in Night Traffic. I think. Would you agree, or would you think Girls in Night Traffic's better? Oh my gosh, man! Oh my gosh. Um, well, I, I think out of this one, Girls in Night Traffic and White Skin Black Thighs, this is probably my favorite. I think of those three. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Girls in Night Traffic had some pretty funny scenes in it. Yeah, but yeah, it's a yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's very comparable. Yeah, Very comparable. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard for me to put one above the other at the moment. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so, um, so the host, uh, Esther Moser, she's been in the last few films. And I know she's a favorite of yours. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. And tell us about what you thought about her in this movie, about how she is and carries and everything. Oh, she's got, well, she's, she's super sexual. Like she's very sensual. With her eyes, um, yeah, she's very sensual. Um, with her mouth, <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's very curvaceous and just, uh, yeah. I mean, for for a movie that's based on you know different sexual encounters, like it was, uh, she's definitely the right girl to host it for sure. Yeah, okay. I, I guess thinking thinking about it, yeah, I guess I do. I did like this one better. Than, than the other two, so there was a little bit more. Uh... Well, it would to me it, it had more humor. I yeah, mean, and this is more like a Mondo film. Okay, so like from the things I was reading as an example too, like this movie copies a lot of Jess Franco's films in various degrees. And in the introduction, uh, I went through and I talked about uh, how it, different segments of the film are comparable to others' films, but like. And this is a Mondo film, and he had done Virgin Report before this, and that was a Mondo film. And in this, there's uh, different segments, and and like the uh, the vampire woman collecting the sperm was like the female vampire with Lena Romay, and, and and there's other films that he used this of this segment in in this and that. But uh, what was cool was seeing. Uh, uh, God, there's so many notes on this. Okay, so like, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it starts off like in San Francisco. Uh, with the black mass sequence and uh, Jess Franco's in there. In well, that's New York. York. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, that's you're right. New York. Yeah. So it's in Greenwich Village, which is funny because that's like Rosemary's Baby was in Greenwich Village. Yeah. Of like the New York thing, and 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 uh, so the uh, the uh, satanic side of that. So they're trying to say that in New York uh, is where the saintness are, and so you see the black mass and Jess Franco's in the beginning. He's one of the audience members. So it's back to the camera. And I had read he was in it. The first time we watched it, we missed it. So I had to go back to the beginning and, and check it out. And you just see his back, and, and he's watching the opening mass. And uh, the gal that's uh, the victim in the opening mass. Um, Esther Studer, she's, she plays like five roles in this. Uh, and she's the first time I've seen her in, in uh, one of the uh, Just Franco films. And she's really, really beautiful in this. And, and uh, you see her in the beginning, and she's sacrificed um, by the guy with the blade, and then the blood drips on the woman. And uh, then you go into uh, the sequence with the Midnight Porno host. So it's, it was really cool, too, watching this. I noticed that it's supposed to be like you're watching a TV, and you're watching the show, the Midnight Porno show, on the... Uh, sequence as it's filmed but they ended up putting a uh they 
put a frame of a TV on the bottom of the camera and to the right. So it's almost like a backwards L that's like a frame of a TV, the bottom frame and then the uh, right hand column of the TV to kind of simulate. And they shot through that little panel and they shot the woman on the scene, which on the screen, which was a cool idea and that they did that and you almost don't catch it at first, but then you realize what they're doing and it's a really cheap technique without doing green screen or without doing any of the things that wasn't available. Well, they had red screen, green screen then too, but you just did this as a, as a practical effect and it kind of worked. I thought, you know, oh, yeah, it, no, it was a good it, effect. It looked pretty cool. You said the, the girl who was being sacrificed, her name was Esther. Yeah. Okay. The same as the host. Same too. as the host. Yeah. yeah. So there's a one really beautiful shot of her when she's on this, like almost like an X uh, that she's strapped to. Right. Um, there's like this couple in the background, um, that are watching the the sacrifice, the ritual, and there's a focus. It's like a close up shot of her face, but it's focused on the couple. Yeah, and then changes the focus onto her face, and it's just angular, and she's beautiful. And it's just the way that was shot. That was a really cool. Yeah, and that was, I thought it was a really pretty, really good scene. That was a really good shot too. And there's other that you said that they reminded me of too. That they shot too between her legs, and you see the chain hanging from behind yeah. her too, down in in conjunction of where the guy's penis would be. And uh, it's funny, too, the guy in the beginning, he was wearing these little uh, mesh underwear, and he had a little butterfly tattoo on himself. So it was <laughs> funny. The guy was supposed to be like Mr. Tough Dude. So, uh, so yeah, you see that. And then um, it's cool. So in this film, they reuse a lot of the same props. You see the sheepskin rug, basically, in quite a bit of this film. And it's funny, too, because it's supposed to be in this film, it goes from New York to San Francisco to Amsterdam and other places, the Angora Islands. Actually, it wasn't the islands, but in other places in the film. And that rug basically gets around yeah. the world, basically, oh, yeah. wherever the location they're at. You same know? red bed, same yeah. same rug. Same rug. Uh, same pictures. <laughs> but in this one, they had about four or five of the of the, uh, of the the white shag rug. They had yeah. like one on the bed and then like two on both sides of the bed. I was counting and then one up next to that so it was like four different rugs they had all together I was like damn the whole room is covered in that white white sheepskin rug I think after this and then it kind of goes away so um, but uh, yeah definitely got its got its use in that um, you see uh, these cool um, kind of white sculptures that are on the wall and I remarked it kind of like the hand solo frozen and carbonite uh, sculptures <laughs> but it was of a, like this woman with her hands between her legs masturbating and there's two of them on the wall and it's in the Midnight Porno Host's house, and then it's in the Sperm Collector's house, and then it's in the Black Dancer's house, and it's in a few. Yeah. So it looks like they were, you know, they had two of them. They just reused them over and over and over again. <laughs> what if uh, Han Solo accidentally had, had reached down there real quick right as he got dipped? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Star Wars would be a little different looking. Yeah, I know. It'd be uh, his... his uh, his lightsaber, Dad? <laughs> it's his boogie night scene with uh, Jabba the Hutt. Take it out, Solo. <laughs> He had like take it out and work it for Jabba, and then he got frozen. <laughs> Maybe they'll put that on Disney, the Disney Network, yeah. or whatever, the Disney Plus, or whatever. What would happen if Jess Franco had yeah. been the director of Star Wars? <laughs> well, the baby Jess Franco's in, in the Mandalorian, so that's they could, true. That's they could true. do the uh, Han Solo freezing scene. That's funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, they uh, they have uh, the two on the floor and then one on the bed, which is funny. Um, and then the then we go to um, San Francisco. Okay, so we go to like like he was saying to San Francisco, and then uh, see the chick that's the sperm collector, and she basically has them collect sperm uh, that she bathes in to keep her youth, kind of like a Elizabeth Bathory bathing in blood, but 
with her. It's bathing in, in sperm. And, and I had remarked to Eric, I said, you know, usually I think the the average uh, ejaculates like one or two tablespoons, they say. So, like, how many tablespoons would have to fill the bathtub <laughs> for the woman to actually bathe in the sperm? And how long would that take? And, like, yeah. I mean, is, is the old sperm still good? Like, I know. And would it be frozen <laughs> and then have to, like, defrost it to keep its rejuvenating powers? Or how does that work? Well, she you said know? she was 80. Yeah. Because the girl's like, oh, getting 30. Yeah. Okay. She's like, well, I'm 80 years old. And oh, then, wow. And okay. the, it's the, her secret was bathing in sperm. Wow. She said it's good for your uh, digestive system. <laughs> okay, yeah, because, yeah, and then, you know, I was laughing because a few scenes in this I kind of squirmed on, and, and Eric Rue says, wow, the guy that made Chump Change actually <laughs> squirmed in a few scenes. But uh, so the hostess of the Midnight Porno agrees to work for the sperm collector, and she uh, gets three loads off the drunk guy that I had mentioned. And, uh, you see her like spit it into a cup and it's the same white liquid that they threw against the wall in uh girls in night traffic. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a scene where she pulls this condom. red condom. It's almost looked like a wrapper. Almost. I've never seen a condom yeah. like that. Almost like had something on had, like, it. Like designs on it. Yeah. yeah. And she like pulled it out of her vagina and then squeezed the sperm out of the, out of the, vagina, uh, out of the condom into a, into like a, a shot glass, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it was just very graphic and yeah. just, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> anyways, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, isn't Christmas, that's, it is built around birth, isn't it? So yeah, that's sex true. would be a, yeah, an that, aspect of it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think this is about the time Mary was going through contact contractions. Yeah. Yeah. She might've been dilated <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so, uh, doing Lamaze breathing <laughs> for the Lord. Yeah. That Sorry. was so, so the so the black mass scene and the uh, sperm collector scene. Is there any other notes or anything you want to add on that before we move on, or anything you saw? Because you had mentioned the eighty, I forgot about that part. Yeah, no, um, no, that was just a funny scene. That was just a funny because like there's one part where I think it was the black prostitute told the in the beginning part of that. Um, no, the the more you come, the cheaper it is for you. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah, it's because like she was like trying to collect as much as she could to to bring back, and it's just kind of it was just kind of a funny like concept, you know. Yeah, and it was the uh, dancer that was in uh, white skin black thighs, yeah. and then the guy that was in girls in night traffic, and I think white skin black thighs as well. The kind of bearded uh, guy that was wearing a fez in the last film, and he and what's cool about this film is like everything, every actor plays in multiple roles. Every prop gets used multiple times. Every room gets used multiple times. It's definitely yeah. a recycling of stuff, which is funny because if you take it literally and they're supposed to be going around the world to these different places, every actor is in the same place that they're going to spontaneously. That's supposed to be a different person if it's supposed to be a legit shoot, you know, factual place. Yeah. Like, really? Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> all these people, all these locations happen to look the same as yeah, everybody else. I didn't realize Germans, everyone looked German around yeah, the world. and it's weird that the same person, there's five people, you go to five locations and there's five sets of people that look exactly the same, but they're yeah. all supposedly different people. Yeah. And that's really, you know, like, come on, man, I don't know. It's a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Um, so the next we go to Copenhagen uh, to the uh, to the Schlapp family, the mother, father, and daughter. And, you know, to be honest with you, I was kind of, going through other notes and stuff and this wasn't really paying attention I know it was a mother father daughter act so I guess the mother and I'm sorry the the mother and father having sex on the stage I guess with the daughters in the back dancing so it's the gal that's on the crucifix in the first scene uh, 
with the short brown hair, but she's wearing this like Afro wig and this, and she's dancing. And I was noticing as a filmmaker that when you watch this, it's the same setup of the shots. He starts from the top of the frame with the girl dancing, and then he ends up panning down to the uh, woman and man having sex, and then he pans across to the left to their face, holds that shot for a certain amount of minutes, and then cuts to uh, a close-up of um, insert shots of the uh, penis going to the vagina, and then back again to the top of the woman dancing, panning down, going left, and just repeating itself. Yeah. So he was just using the same succession of shots over and over and over again repeating himself for X amount of time to just kind of fill out the running time so I don't know there wasn't much inspiration but it was cool to see Esther Studer dancing with the Afro wig you know? <laughs> and I, right when they would cut to the uh, penetration so yeah so in a nutshell too a lot of this film we watched in fast forward you know all the, all the <laughs> insert thankfully, shots thankfully. all the sex shots were like yeah, because we're recording two two episodes today, so we're like, let's just fast forward through the section. Well, because it, it, it wasn't even like anything artistic yeah, about it. It exactly. literally was just a close up of like in and out, in and out. You know, like it was it wasn't even like sexy. Like it was just a just a close up shot that you would see. Yeah, you know. yeah. And then next we go to uh, um, Hamburg, and you have the dominatrix, um, where you have uh, the dominatrix, and she explains of what she does and we see Eric Falk finally in the well he's in a few scenes but for this film he's only in this one scene because you see him later on in the club but that we were remarking that was shot during Girls in the Night Traffic so technically he's only in this one scene no, for the he was film. in the island also oh yeah yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah, yeah, yeah you're right you're right he's in the scene coming up so um yeah so we see him he's uh he has a uh, saddle on him and uh uh the dominatrix is riding or having I think Esther Mosier I think was riding him around or another guy was riding him around while she was talking the dominatrix and he basically rides around and he has a uh, thing on his face like a cage and uh, but you see his big goofy grin smiling <laughs> through the leather straps and the lady rides him around a harness until he collapses and exhausts and that's his sexual preference and then she talks about how the people want to be, be beat, and when they're beat, it takes away their problems and their worries, and it takes away the stress, and they're better afterwards. So, um, yeah, the gal that plays the dominatrix uh, looks like she's been through a few wars. So I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but she she plays multiple roles in this. Oh, and, and so uh, a, lot of, a lot of dick slapping. <laughs> yeah, uh, but actually. Um, before I jump to that, uh, going back to the uh, to the Schlapp family, um, so yeah, so the mother and and uh, and um, and the father have sex with it, and then so the and so actually as it's going on, you realize that there's an audience watching. That's what I was going to say. So um, this is one of the scenes. Uh, so after I'm going to kind of go through the checklist toward the end instead of doing it at the beginning, which we should have did. I'm going to kind of throw it on the end, but uh, yeah. So you see that there's a dance scene because the girl's dancing. So this is the one dance scene in the film, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is the one dance scene, and there's a club scene because you see that this was a stage show going on, and then uh, they had a raffle, and the host, uh, Esther's character, uh, Mosier, uh, wins uh, a pass to have sex with anybody that she wants to have sex with, and she chooses the daughter that was on stage out of anybody in the audience because... The audience really wasn't that attractive. No. You know? So I agree with her. So, yeah, so she uh, she chose the daughter, and then she goes around and has sex with the daughter on stage while everybody else is watching. 
but she doesn't realize it. Like, yeah, she goes behind the stage with her in the beginning, and they start going, and then they look like they're going into a different room, which is obviously the same stage that they just got off of. Yeah, and they proceed to uh, take care of each other. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden the lights go on and people start clapping, and that's when Esther like looks up like, <gasps> like, oh gosh, you guys caught me, like you know. Yeah, so then, uh, so then she has the sex with like you were saying with her on stage, and then and she gets caught, and then uh, you find that out. So then, so then on that we have the club scene with the dance scene, um, and then after the, after the um, like I said after that, then we go to the dominatrix scene, and then after the dominatrix scene, we go to the island of Angoa, which has the only five exterior shots in the film, and he actually covers a few of the checklist parts in this because you see palm trees. He has these really cool shots of palm trees, and which made me excited. It was funny laughing because it's almost like you're trained. This these three last three films were all on set, so like as we're watching these three films, we're like, yeah, the next film's gonna be Jack the Ripper. It's gonna be a good movie, and we're excited <laughs> to watch it. And in this, we're so trained with all those set shots. It's like, wow, there's palm trees, and then there's a body of water, and then there's a sailboat in the background. So you see these like yeah. Franco has these little scenes that he gets to finally show his. There's his no jungle noises though. No, there is. Were there jungle noises? Yeah, because after he goes to palm trees and he goes to body of water, because you see the the waves splashing in. Yeah. And you see the, the and then the third one's the boat, and the fourth you see is the other palm tree or the other jungle jungle scene. I'll have to go back and listen. I don't, it wasn't as apparent, but I thought I heard like okay. just a one like okay. faint like kind of that was with the scene. Nothing like like we usually hear. Yeah. where it's like three or four in a row and it's popped up. But I thought I heard one that would when it showed the scene, it just had one like faint. Lyrical, okay, thing that was just okay. There. Nothing that jumps out at me, yeah. but, but I thought there was just that one because I have jungle sound, or I, I marked it out of my head. Uh, and then, of course, this had the uh, sheepskin rug like way over the thing. Um, and then there's red lights later on, which we'll go into in the Turkish scene. Um, but no masturbation with sea items in this cocks, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sperm collector. No, uh, well, actually, yeah, well. No, well, there's there's a lot of male masturbation. Yeah, and there. I was gonna say there's that vacuum clamp. No, I won't count. Well, so, no, well, yeah. the one lady was though she was well, yeah, she didn't really even use the she just pumped up the yeah because there was yeah no, so that was interesting but but yeah so there's masturbation but no C items so maybe that's like a half uh, you know. mind control yeah <laughs> and, and actually and that is a, that is a, a a familiar concept of Franco's but there's no mind control in this no the but, girl who can make herself come. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bike. She well, she was fo- she was like telling everybody to like, be, be quiet. But yeah, but anyway, we're actually jumping ahead. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, yeah. So then, after all the palm trees and everything, you see the island of Angoa, A G O A, uh, a gorgeous primitive island. And then uh, they're doing this ritual where the um, Esther Studer, uh, she again plays another role of this. Uh, one of the many roles of her and everybody else is in. Actually, the only person that doesn't play many roles is the host because she's the same person all the way through. Yeah, um, Esther um, Esther Moser, but uh, Esther Studer is in this, and she plays the daughter, and she's uh, in the hammock. And we notice that that's the same location that's in the beginning of Slaves when the woman uh, Esther Moser's character actually stumbles in through the through the jungle and goes into the uh, police's outpost like that was that room um but in this you have a hammock and the the bride's in there and eric falk plays the godfather and as part of the ritual before the husband gets to have sex with the with uh, his bride the godfather has to deflower the virgin 
So Eric Falk's character has sex with her on the floor. They lay her down on the floor while the family watches. The father and this creepy guy that I was laughing at with the mustache that just stares and just doesn't blink, doesn't move his head. He's just not in character. He's oh, he's just, not. Yeah, he's not missing a yeah, moment. <laughs> he's just focused like fucking steel-eyed on the one thing and just doesn't blink away. Uh, and then uh, they sing this really interesting, creepy song that we were laughing away, about. Yeah, away, 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 away. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because like, it would show like the, the guy on top of her, like, you know, humping. Yeah. And uh, then it would just go to a close-up of Eric's face with just this German face yeah. with this big this brimmed hat on yeah. it. Just came singing, yeah. oh, hey, oh, hey. And I was saying his face looked like it was built out of stone, like his forehead and his jaw and his cheeks and shit. He's like a fucking statue looking dude, you know, like a fucking granite sculpture. It's funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's wearing these like fucking bad hat and he's like, rolled up pants and shit and it's supposed to be like this island native it's supposed to be like I was saying too it's like this beautiful island of Angoa and uh but it's like everybody there is like these white German you know people that are in this island yeah. so it's funny we're like it's not a very primitive island or I don't know <laughs> I don't think it's I think everybody's already moved away that's lived there and these new people have moved in so so yeah so you see that that situation and then uh it goes to uh Amsterdam where um they do the uh adult sex education class run by the midnight porno hostess. And then she basically teaches like two or three people how to masturbate. Um, she like gets this guy going a little bit and like tells him to sit down real fast. And I was laughing. I was like, that's fucked up, man. And I get this guy partway up and then just has him sit down. And then she starts talking to something else. And the woman gets up and has to concentrate. And then they bring up the effeminate guy that was in the, uh, opening scene with the unibrow doing the ritual and the uh, he's like flipping around and stuff, and then she takes a, a, a dildo and shoves it up his ass. But before that, she puts a another guy's that first guy's penis inside of this vacuum pump and pumps it up. And yeah, I don't know. After she jacks him off, and uh, well, the, the scene that cracked me up was, was the very beginning part of it that she has the guy with the butterfly tattoo. Yeah, like he just stands there. And she's like, "Okay, come up and show us show us what you learned from last week." And then he gets up there, and he's just, he just has this like. Just a smile oh, yeah. on his Thank face. You. I this, forgot this, about that. There's just this grin, this like this hella funny grin on his face as he's just sitting there, just jacking off, looking yeah. at everybody in the eye. Dude, like, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what class have you ever went to? They said, okay, show us what you learned last week, and then the guy starts jacking off and looking at everybody in the room, guys, girls, everybody. And just look at everybody, just scanning the room, just yeah. just with the sheepest grin on his face. Just this <laughs> that cracked me up. And then, uh, and then she has another guy. After doing that, they have a. Uh, she has another guy demonstrate how he would fuck a, a blow up doll. Yeah, How about that. And then you show the close up of the of yeah. And this film was just tons of close ups. It's the same guy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It was the yeah. That was the butterfly guy with the uh, with the other tattoos on it. Or was there two tattoo guys or just one? I there might have been one. Yeah, it might have just been that one guy. Yeah, I think I think you're right. No, because well, because no, I'm talking about because the, the first guy he does that. But yeah, yeah. Later on, the the guy with the blow up doll with the other tattoos on his arm. Okay, yeah. I think that was a because because the other the effeminate guy had the Chinese tattoo or the Asian tattoo. Oh no, not was, him. Yeah, because yeah. you have him, and then you have the butterfly guy, and then I thought you had a third tattoo guy with the blow up doll. That kind of little muscle. I don't know. Guy. Maybe it, it could have been. I yeah. think I'm it not sure. Been, yeah, but yeah. But I think that might have been. Because yeah, the butterfly guy, I don't think had all those tattoos. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. either. So I think there was that that third yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then we got to see how you insert a penis into a blow-up doll. <laughs> then, it, then it was making noise in the back, <laughs> the blow-up doll. 
And then after that, we cut to Istanbul and we see uh, Pilar Cole from the last film, um, Girls of Night Traffic. And then, and then, okay, so we see the same the same sitar player sitting in the same bar in Zurich from Girls in the Night Traffic. And you see Eric Falk as the same role wearing the same black jacket in the background as the pimp. And in the last film, Esther Mosier plays the woman who's sold into prostitution entering the bar. And in this, she's the hostess of the Midnight Porno wearing the exact same outfit, walking in the same room. So it was almost like a, like he shot that scene twice. Um, or maybe even used the same footage. I'm not sure. He might have just shot it and then say, okay, shoot again and just had a different expression on her face or something. Basically, exact same shot. And remarking, it's really cool how you can film one scene in a location and use it for two different films and have it mean two different things as just a short, like a two-minute thing and not really take away or change too much. And it actually fits well for both scenes. It, it lends credence to it. But in this, then it cuts to the back room where you see the... It's the same back room where Eric Falk has sex with the three gals and the same picture of the guy on the wall... And uh, Pilar Cole's wearing the same white head wrap she wears at the end of Girls in Night Traffic. And she's doing this type of yoga, uh, sex kind of dance act at the end with the guy who plays the uh, the young um, groom from the uh, island sequence as well. Yeah. And you see her on the floor, spread her legs. And there's a cool she- scene actually I caught where you have the... Uh, he has lots of lines shots. He has the legs legs of the lines you have the lines of uh, a couple different sequences together where it cuts into the different sequences of it all uh symmetrically it, it actually flowed really really well um but jumping back to one thing i caught on the masturbation sequence he uses the male names of other uh people like one guy's mr romer which could be like sax romer which is the uh two fu manchu and the uh, girl from rio films that he shot I uh, was the author of that. And then there's a Mr. Fast Binding in this instead of uh, um, Fast Binder, the other film director. So I think that was just his little riff on their names. Um, but yeah, so you see the scene of Pilar Cole with a guy and they're doing like a kind of a sexual uh, interpretation yoga kind of uh, deal. And uh, then it goes into that sequence with him and her, more insert shots, basically close-ups. Um, and then, so I think that, that sequence was basically shot during the last film and he just put it in here for that as another sequence for the film, which was a cool economic idea that they did to get more for your buck, you know? And then we cut to the ending of the host wishing us a good night and saying, if you have any ideas to call your TV station and that, that will be next week's show. So yeah, it's his, basically his version of a Mondo film and his version of like a kind of a sex uh, channel, which kind of made me think of Videodrome a little bit too. I don't know if have you seen Videodrome? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how there's kind of like that that station, and it's kind of like a a mysterious sex station that comes out of nowhere, and you don't know where it's from or what. Yeah. And in this, it's almost like a sex station that's midnight porno, kind of like um, Midnight Blue. You know that yeah. that sequence that was done in the '80s that 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 show, and then so it's kind of like that. It's like a a New York cable sex network thing that's underground or something you know and i kind of got that vibe even though this had no videodrome sequences of no (laughs) you know tvs blowing up guts or yeah pulling guns out of you know stomachs or nothing like that so you know yeah debbie harry's not in this one yeah pulling guns out of nowhere is more like women behind bars where they have the (laughs) mysterious guns where you don't know where they're hidden suddenly they're they're in their hands yeah um but yeah so i don't know i mean 
it's a goofy mondo sex comedy it's not bad i don't know i i can't recommend it but i can't slam it either it wasn't bad it's definitely better than girls night traffic um we watched the uh ascot elite uh blu-ray of this uh it's the only way you can get it you can't get it in america through full moon or nothing like that it's not part of the 10 film uh full moon set so um, yeah, and it's labeled Mondo Erotica, even though the original version is around the world in 80 beds, which I kind of like better, but Mondo Erotico is more to define it into the Mondo genre if they want to sell it for that way. I think that was more of a later deal. Um, is there any other notes or anything you want to talk about the film that that you didn't already say? No. You all good no, on that? No, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. If you want to get a hold of us and uh, any questions or any comments or any uh, films you want us to review that is something like, hey, I want you to do this film ASAP. I totally want to hear what you want to say. We might put some of those on the front of the line. So if you have any ideas or things you want to do, because um, uh, this is a little bit halfway through the um, uh, Dietrich collection with uh, him and Franco. So, um Oh, yeah, which I didn't even say. This is uh, another in that series, but I'll, I'll go through all that in the introduction. But, um, yeah, so um, let us know about that. Um, please download the episode if you haven't already done so. Uh, if you listen to it and play it, that's awesome, too. If you could download it, it definitely increases our numbers. And the more numbers we have, the bigger the audience, and we can start doing advertising and all that cool stuff. So let's keep our numbers are up from last month, so I'm happy about that. Let's keep keep it up. Um, you can also get our Facebook page, our Instagram page, find us at the, at, uh, Franco observer at Facebook or Franco observer at Instagram. Um, and with that, this has been episode 16, Mondo Erotico slash around the world in 80 beds, film 76. Next episode will be episode 17 where we review the amazing, getting really excited to watch film Jack the Ripper with Klaus Kinski. So uh, that concludes this episode. This is Jason Rudy signing off. Beautiful nights. Adios.